0: Hey guys, welcome to the Tipsy Ghost. We're your tipsy hosts, Sarah, Sarah, and Lindsay. Hey guys. Hi. I just about (laughs) broke out in song. I don't know why. I blanked out on our intro and wanted to sing happy birthday instead. (laughs) I was like panicked there for a second. Like, God, what am I supposed to say? All I could think of was happy birthday.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And thank you.
2: (laughs) Happy birthday, Boydston. Happy birthday,
1: Boydston. Thank Thank you. We love you. I am another year older. Indeed. Uh, good birth Doug. For a couple of months now, you are older than me. Mm-hmm, I am. Mm-hmm. How does that I feel? tried to point that out, and you told me that I'm always older than you.
2: Which <laughs> yes, was, she did. It was hurtful. <laughs> which is also true. We are always the exact same age of heart. <laughs> oh, I remember the, the lecture. <laughs> so
0: um, how does it feel to be the middle child then?
1: of the group Um, oh i feel it i definitely have middle
0: child syndrome
1: (laughs) really yeah oh tell me out i'm Um, curious i can just see how like it's either like the youngest one's always like the star of the show or the oldest one's always a star and then you just have the middle child who's just there sometimes they have some comedic relief but they're just there (laughs) that's it that's
2: funny (laughs) (laughs) they're just there i'm here Mm -hmm. do you feel Uh, like the oldest child uh in
0: many ways, yes, <laughs> <laughs> especially when I'm trying to get up off the ground, um, <laughs> if we're sitting down during an investigation, uh or if we're out investigating and I'm tired at midnight, yes.
2: Those ways I feel very old. I feel like you do kind of lead us to on investigations, like the public ones, like you're the one talking with all the other people. And I definitely do that. <laughs> I've tried to cut back. No, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> I'm not saying that is a bad thing. I'm just saying like, you're the older sibling where you're like, hey, so we're the tipsy ghosts. This is Lindsay <laughs> and Sarah.
0: <laughs> it's hard for me to say if I'm like that because I'm older, just because that's how I am. But I yeah. don't know. Maybe, maybe because I am an elder. I'm the Stop elder. Stop it. The eldest. Oh, gosh i guess that makes me the baby of the group and yes it does it does
2: <laughs> i'm I'm trying to like i don't know i'm not upset about it i'm the baby in real life like i'm the youngest of four so i've always yeah. been the youngest child
0: so i guess we fit our roles then huh we do it is,
2: it is what it is i've always been the youngest in my friend group because my birthday falls so late like i should have been held back but i wasn't hmm. so i've always been the youngest i don't know
1: Boydson's telling us the story what do you want to talk about tonight? <laughs> um, the first thing I want to talk about is one of the best gifts I could receive for my birthday. Mm. I did receive the same gift 14 years ago. Wow.
2: Okay. Good. You're going when, way What back. was this gift?
1: It was a KU Men's Basketball Championship. <gasps> oh,
2: I was uh, like 14 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was
2: trying to do the math of how old we were. <laughs>
0: I was working in Lawrence at that time. And um I distinctly remember the just chaos that institute just from everything after the championship game. It was a lot more chaotic, I feel like, that time than it was this time. Even though there was lots of people down there. I mean,
1: I saw all the pictures. Well and- it had, it had been so long. Yeah. Back then. <sighs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Which, that was fact, my freshman year of college. Our and it was freshman on, year? <laughs> this young person also went to KU. <laughs> but I was me.
2: at home during that because I did not want to be in KU during the game. So I was in okay. Kansas City watching it from my parents' house.
1: I, w- I also watched it from home because it was my birthday and I was home for oh. to see family. I was working and also pregnant with
0: Ryan at the <laughs> time. So. <laughs> In full adulthood swing. So anyways, I remember lots of crazy people at at that time, like Mm -hmm. walking around without shoes on, getting in fights constantly. It was just it was crazy. But this time, you know, I'm still friends with a lot of people that work in in Lawrence. So they were posting all their their stuff. And I think they said like 70,000 people came out and only three people got arrested. That's good. So that's pretty good. Most people were just walking downtown and high-fiving everybody.
2: It sounds about right. (laughs) It wasn't bad in the Kansas City hospitals. Um, Not like, you know, when the Chiefs won or the Royals or anything like that. But I was wondering how it was in Lawrence. Yeah, I
0: think it was okay. At least it was better.
2: Kansas, we have learned
1: how to control
0: (laughs) our partying. (laughs) Maybe Lawrence is just far enough away that.
1: We just don't hear about it. Yeah. So that was a really great thing. And then it's my commuter episode tonight. So yeah. I get to tell you guys a story. Tell me a story. So it started on a high note. <clears throat> and now I have to give uh-huh. a, a, oh a warning. Okay. Okay. Warnings. Well, thanks
0: for setting us up, mm-hmm. bringing us up, and then crushing us down.
1: I yeah. Like it. It's a warning for talks of suicide. So as always, um, if this topic is triggering in any way, please just don't go to the next episode okay um Good idea. and i mean that with all respect for your mental and emotional health if you or someone you know struggles with depression or is in crisis we'll have resources in the description yes so i have a well-known case um that is it's recently come back into the spotlight when hulu turned it into a series that just dropped yes it's called the girl from plainville i know mm-hmm. about this mm-hmm. and was just released in march Uh, So this is the death of Conrad Roy. And I heard about this pretty soon after it happened because it Mm -hmm. was huge in the media. Uh, And then it kept popping up on my Google News feed. Then I learned that Hulu turned it into a series. The whole thing's not out yet at this point, but I have watched up until everything that is out right now. Um, I've gone back and watched an old documentary. I just feel like this is something that needs to be talked about. So, we're going to talk about it. Okay. 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 On Sunday, July 13th, 2014, 19 year old Conrad Roy III drove his truck to the local Kmart in Fairhaven, Massachusetts. He parked around back and then powered up the gas operated water pump in the back seat. As the fumes built up, he started to have second thoughts and he got out of the truck. He called his girlfriend Michelle Carter, who was 17 at the time, and she would later tell a friend that she told Conrad to get back in the car, and he did. Conrad died from carbon monoxide poisoning. So, Conrad and Michelle, both from different towns in Massachusetts, met in 2012 in Florida, where they were each visiting relatives. And despite only living 35 miles from each other, they only met up in person a small handful of times over the following two years. As with any modern romance, they communicated mostly by phone, text messages being the the main point. They both had mental health issues. Michelle had an eating disorder from a young age and struggled with depression. Conrad had social anxiety and depression. Court documents state that he allegedly had been physically assaulted by his father and verbally abused by his grandfather. When he was 17, he was hospitalized for an acetaminophen or Tylenol overdose after his parents' divorce. He had seen several therapists and counselors in the weeks leading up to his death. Early in their relationship, When Michelle heard Conrad talking about his thoughts of suicide, she encouraged him to get professional help and repeatedly discouraged him from going through with his plans. But in July of 2014, after having the same conversations again and again, she started thinking it would be, quote, a good thing to help him die. In fact, a string of text messages in the days leading up to his death shows she was trying to convince him to take his life. So according to to court documents, this is her response to Conrad's concerns about leaving the family behind says this is uh, one big quote from Michelle. I think your parents know you're in a really bad place. I'm not saying they want you to do it, but I honestly feel like they can accept it. They know there is nothing they can do. They've tried helping. Everyone's tried. But there is a point that comes where there isn't anything anyone can do to save you, not even yourself and you've hit that point, and I think your parents know you've hit that point. You said your mom saw a suicide thing on your computer, and she didn't say anything. I think she knows it's on your mind, and she's prepared for it. Everyone will be sad for a while, but they will get over it and move on. They won't be in depression. I won't let that happen. They know how sad you are, and they know that you are doing this to be happy, and I think they will understand and accept it. They will always carry you in their hearts, you have to just do it you have everything you need there's no way you can fail tonight is the night it's now or never beg to disagree that his parents will get over it they still have not
2: yeah no Um, you don't
1: here is another text exchange conrad how was your day michelle when are you doing it conrad ended up going to work for a little bit and then just looked stuff up michelle when are you gonna do it stop ignoring the question And another, where Michelle is questioning whether the portable generator will emit enough carbon monoxide to kill him. Jeez. Conrad, it emits more than cars. Michelle, are you positive? Later on, Michelle suggests a backup plan. She says, you could take that in your truck and take some Benadryl just in case. Conrad, yeah, I'm going to fall asleep and peacefully die. Michelle, yeah, that's the best way. We're going to role play. Oh, okay. That's so what I gave you. You're going to be... Oh, that got papers. You're going to be in black. Uh, okay. You're Conrad. Oh, boy. So Sarah and I are going to go through... Um, we're highlighting some of the text between Michelle and Conrad the day he died. I feel left out, but that's okay. You know she likes to act. <laughs> she does. Here we go. So I'm Michelle. She's Conrad. You can't think about it. You just have to do it. You said you were going to do it. Like, I don't get why you aren't. I don't get it either. IDK so I guess you aren't going to do it then? All that for nothing? I'm just confused, like you were so ready and determined.
0: I am gonna, eventually. I really don't know what I'm waiting for, but I have everything lined up.
1: No, you're not, Conrad. Last night was it. You keep pushing it off, and you say you'll do it, but you never do. It's always going to be that way if you don't take action. You're just making it harder on yourself by pushing it off. You just have to do it. Do you want to do it now? Is it too late? Kay, it's already light outside. I'm not going to go
0: back to sleep. Love you. I'll text you tomorrow.
1: No, it's probably the best time now because everyone's sleeping. Just go somewhere in your truck and no one's really out right now because it's an awkward time. If you don't do it now, you're never going to do it. And you can say you'll do it tomorrow, but you probably won't. Are you going to do it today? Yes. Like in the daytime? Should I? Yeah, it's less suspicious. You won't think about it as much, and you'll get it over with instead of waiting until the night. Yeah, then I will. Like, where? Like, I could go to any enclosed area. Go in your trunk, trunk and drive in a... S- parking. <laughs> it says sparkling lot, but it's parking lot. <laughs> I I didn't I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> sparkling know, I, it's lot. it's not funny but <laughs> it it's <just laughs> rain. It's sparkling. Yes. A a parking lot. sparking Okay. Somewhere Got to it. park or something. Do it now, like early. Didn't we say that uh this was suspicious? No, I think night is more suspicious. A kid sitting in his car, turn on the radio and do it. It won't be suspicious and it won't take long. You're so hesitant because you keep overthinking it and pushing it off. You just need to do it, Conrad. The more you push it off, the more it will eat at you. You're ready and prepared. All you have to do is turn the generator on and you will be free and happy. No more pushing it off. No more waiting. You're right. If you want it as bad as you say you do, it's the time to do it today. Yep. No more waiting. Okay. I'm serious. Like you can't even wait till tonight. You have to do it when you get back from your walk. I'm overthinking. I thought you wanted to do, to do this. The time is right and you're ready. You just need to do it. You can't keep living this way. You just need to do it like you did last time and not think about it and just do it, babe. You can't keep doing this every day.
0: I do want to, but like I'm freaking out for my family, I guess. I don't know.
1: Conrad, I told you I'll take care of them. Everyone will take care of them to make sure they won't be alone and people will help get them through it. We talked about this. They will be okay and accept it. People who commit suicide don't think this much. They just do it. I know, I know.
0: LOL. Thinking just drives me more crazy.
1: Exactly. You just need to do it, Conrad, or I'm going to get you help. You can't keep doing this every day. Okay, I'm going to do it today. Do you promise? I promise, babe. When you get back from the beach, you got to do it. You're ready. You're determined. It's the best time. Okay, I will. You're fine. It's going to be okay. You just got to do it, babe. You can't think about it. Okay, okay. I got this. Yes, you do. I believe in you. Did you delete the messages? Yes, but you're going to keep messaging me? I will until you turn on the generator.
0: So. I felt icky reading all that. It feels
1: very icky. It feels icky listening Mm -hmm.
0: to it. I know why you picked me. It's because my voice is lower than Lindsay's. Is that why?
1: I beg to differ. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Okay. It's competition now. (laughs) Um, Yes, that was horrifying. And she's extremely adamant in there. And that is, that is fucked up. There's no other way to say it.
1: Yeah. So Conrad takes his life, and police find him fairly soon after. The police on scene took his phone as evidence for whatever reason, and that turns out to be the key to the case. Once they downloaded his phone's contents, they found all of the deleted text exchanges between the two. So it's quickly recognized that Michelle played some kind of a role in this, but it just wasn't clear to what extent she should be held accountable, if mm-hmm. even at all. mm mm-hmm. So they get a warrant for Michelle's phone, and upon searching it, they found a particular text she sent to a friend after Conrad's death that was pretty incriminating. It says, his death is my fault. Like, honestly, I could have stopped him. I was on the phone with him, and he got out of the car because it was working, and he got scared, and I effing told him to get back in. Because I knew he would do it all over again the next day, and I couldn't have him live the way he was living anymore. I couldn't do it. I wouldn't let him. So... She's basically saying that at one point, Conrad got out of the car and he called her, and that was the conversation that that they had. She is admitting that she told him to get back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are court documents where they say you basically heard him take his last breath, like he was gurgling, you heard him die. Mm-hmm. So she was with him the whole time. Yeah,
2: yeah. Like on she was phone. on the phone with him? Yep. So, yeah. Okay.
1: So the same friend also testified that Michelle was afraid she would be held responsible for Conrad's death if the police ever found her conversations with Conrad, which turned out to be a very valid concern. So they did. Michelle was brought in for charges of involuntary manslaughter for wantonly and recklessly assisting the suicide. She waived the right to a jury trial, so the case was heard and decided solely by a judge. And like I said earlier, this case got a lot of attention from not only the media, but also those familiar with the law and the judicial system. It was set up to be one of those uh, landmark cases Mm. was was everybody's thought. And the circumstances around the case were very unique. The defense argued that Michelle's text should be protected under the First Amendment and (laughs) that the text history showed that Conrad had been contemplating suicide even without Michelle's input. So way from before he was talking like that.
2: Well, can we just agree that nothing really is safe on the internet or Mm -hmm. on your phone? Like people are always monitoring it.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I I don't get the claiming first amendment privacy to your phone.
1: Right. Essentially their argument was it was ultimately his choice and his actions that caused his own death. Mm. They also had a doctor testify about the effects of Celexa, which was Conrad's antidepressant. Uh, Selexa carries a black box warning in the United States, stating stating that it may increase suicidal thinking and behavior in those under the age of 24. But in the end, the judge found Michelle guilty of involuntary manslaughter. And his explanation of the decision was interesting to me. He said that it was Michelle's phone calls with Conrad whenever he was in his truck. Not the text messages saying, you know, are you going to do it yet? Are you going to do it yet? You need to do it. Uh, that caused him to go through with with uh, killing himself. He said that he found that Conrad had broken the chain of causation towards his suicide mm-hmm. when he exited the truck. And that it was Michelle, um, her wanton and reckless encouragement to then return to the truck that caused his death. So basically, it was on him up until he changed his mind. And then once Michelle coaxed him back into the truck and listened to him die, it was on her. Yeah. So, this case was sent to the Massachusetts Supreme Court, who ruled that Michelle acted with criminal intent when she encouraged Conrad back into the toxic environment. So, the original ruling was upheld. And Michelle was sentenced to 15 months in jail and five years on probation. Uh, And there are movies. You can watch a few of them. Mm -hmm. One, a lifetime film called Conrad and Michelle, If Words Could Kill. A Dateline episode entitled Reckless, a two-part HBO documentary, which I really enjoyed. It's called I Love You, Now Die. Mm-hmm. And it's set out from the prosecution side and then from the defense side. And you get to kind of – it's not like it's a one-sided episode. It leaves you wondering, like, well, what, what is the right thing? Who really is right at fault here?
0: Wait, before you move on, that just – Triggered a memory in my (laughs) head. I was scrolling through Instagram and somebody posted like a, let's do a remake of I Love You Now Die called I Love You Now Change Your Eyebrows. (laughs) Because her eyebrows are, they're intense. Oh, in the movie? Or in real life? Oh, in real life. Yeah. (laughs) They are. I mean, it's fine. Everybody's entitled to how
1: they want to. Everybody's entitled to their
0: eyebrows. Eyebrows. But. (laughs) They are. But we're going to make fun of her because she's a turd.
1: And then finally, as I mentioned earlier, Hulu just released a series that it's not, Uh, it doesn't have the actual footage it's a dramatization Mm -hmm. of the case Mm -hmm. and it's called the girl from plainville
0: she looks just like her too is that the one that there's an actress
2: playing her
1: yes fanny yeah Yeah. yes Mm -hmm. there is
2: an actress playing her
1: well (laughs) i I was making sure in my head it wasn't
0: the documentary but when you said it was i haven't seen that one yet yeah so she's out now
1: yeah she she's out she served 12 months of her 15 month sentence for good behavior of course um and she is currently on probation I hope that
2: all of these documentaries and shows and all the stuff that are being made about her,
1: like, she's not getting the profits of it. She cannot profit on her story until August of 2022. Oh, okay, good. Good job, Hulu, getting it out fast. So mm-hmm. hopefully they won- she won't make anything either out on that after. I don't know. I assume that, I you know, know that works. In co- it covers, like, if she wanted to do a memoir or, yeah. like, a tell-all, something like that. Man. All right. How do you guys feel about
0: her? I mean, I feel like that's a tricky question because like you said, you can kind of see, I I don't want to say this in a bad way, but you can kind of see why she's frustrated if there's somebody that is extremely depressed and suicidal. And that sounds insensitive and I don't mean for it to at all. But if you're hearing that over and over and over, um, I, I guess I could, I don't agree with it, but I can see why she's saying to other people that I'm sick of hearing him say that. Okay, I don't agree with it. Let me just be clear. Right. But yeah, I just can't imagine that anybody would actually go through with saying those things, like anybody in their right mind. It's almost like psychopathic behavior, like who would tell somebody to get back in?
1: Sure. I think it like comes down level. to they, they both have mental illness mm-hmm. and he, uh, this is a really crass way of saying it, but he, his his words and wanting, talking about it all over mm-hmm. and over again Wore her down in a way, right? And I don't think that any of any of what she said is is the right way to handle that situation, right? Um, I think that uh, you refer to people that can help, mm-hmm. and you do your best to support. And I don't feel like supporting is telling somebody to kill themselves.
0: Right there, that's yeah. next level. That took it to I a think whole at different- some
1: point it it went down the wrong path and it just spiraled yeah mm-hmm.
0: anything you mental health add? professional what Hi. do you say <laughs>
2: um i think this case just disturbs me because you know research shows time and time again the people who actually kill themselves are the people who don't tell anyone like if you tell someone chances are you have a chance of being saved and mm-hmm. i think he was reaching out for help right. from girlfriend who he was obviously close with i don't think he would have killed himself if she had been supportive and you know had said the right things or had gotten him help or what. I think it was a cry for help from him. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, convinced him to do it and he's lost and he's trusting her and thinking, well, maybe she's right. Maybe this is the only way for me to be happy. Mm -hmm. It's very sad. It's
1: incredibly sad. Yeah.
2: Very, very sad for his family, for his friends um, that she was essentially just like feeding him lies.
1: Well, she was. And so what I didn't get into is speculation about why she might have done it. And the main speculation is, and what the the prosecution tried to get across, is that she wanted the attention from it. So mm-hmm. she wanted to be the hero. She wanted to make his family feel better. She wanted attention from her own friends because oh, she wasn't getting attention from her friends. Yeah. She um, put on a... Like she'd be the sad girlfriend left behind. And get the attention. She put mm -hmm. on a, like, it was a Homer's for Conrad or some kind of, like, a baseball tournament fundraiser. Mm -hmm. And she had it in Plainville, which is 35 miles from his hometown. And so she had it there, allegedly, so that her friends and everybody could be there to support. It wasn't actually in his memory so that his family could be there and and get anything from it.
2: So She mm. was looking for a way to profit, essentially, from his death.
1: Yes. in the not, form of attention right not yeah. necessarily
2: financial yeah but yeah attention she wanted the pity Ugh. all of that
0: that's extreme well you were right you did just <laughs> knock us down about 10 notches maybe I'm more sorry <laughs> it's okay man like you said these things need to be talked about and it's an extremely important topic in this day and age especially when it comes to teens and communications through text and social media and social pressures and all that so definitely good job
2: so kind of like what we said earlier in the episode, if you guys are having, if you're listening to this, if you're having any depression, any thoughts of harming yourself, harming someone else, you can always call 911. Um, that is the safest bet. You can also always call the suicide hotline that is available 24 seven at 1-800-273-8255. And there will be counselors like myself who will be there to talk to you and get you the help that you need.
1: If somebody comes to you saying, Hey, I don't, I don't feel really good about myself. I am thinking about doing things. What should they do? They should call 911 as well, or even better, go sit with
2: your friend, go be with your friend and until they either feel safe or until you can get them somewhere safe. Good advice. All right. That's all we got for you guys today. Thanks so much for tuning in this week to our commuter episode. You can always find us at the dot com and find our socials linked from
1: there or send us an email at the ghost at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star rating and a great review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We really appreciate it, and it really does help. All right, guys.
2: We will catch you next week. Thanks so much. Okay, bye. 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 bye.